You're listening to The Big Cast C-Suite Edition, your source for leadership insights and inspiration with John Janclays. Hey, John, how's it going with data analytics in your organization? You know what, John? We are having a blast over here at Partners. Oh, cool. One of the things I feel like people need to do is to continually sharpen their saws it relates to data analytics. Have you heard of our AXFI conference? I have, John. You know, last year the team went and they came back raving about the conference. What did they like about it? Well, I think that there's kind of two big tracks. It's not just data analytics, but it's also innovation, that you get to see your peers present some of their ideas rather than theory, things that are actually happening. You know, John, this sounds like a conference that more than just your data analytics team should come to. I mean, this is part of your senior team, your data analytics folks, maybe other members of your executive team. Hey, when's the conference this year? Have they scheduled it yet? Yeah, for for coming up in uh, 2018, it's June 10th through the 13th in Minnesota. Where where can I go to sign up? You can go to www.axficonference.com. That's www.axficonference.com. Great. I'll check it out. Thanks, John. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big Cast Network. My name is John Janclays, and I'm the host of C-Suite Interviews. This is a monthly show. We bring to you interviews of folks who are working in the corner office, the coaches, the consultants that help them, all with two aims in mind, to enlighten and inspire. So I think today's episode might uh, be a good down payment against that aim. Uh, in today's episode, what we'd like to do is give you an update on a project that we're doing at Partners Federal Credit Union. If you remember, I have a day job. I'm the president and CEO of Partners Federal Credit Union. We serve the Walt Disney Company. And we've been on a journey to try to transform our digital aspects of our credit union's offerings. Matter of fact, We thought we needed to move them twice as fast, maybe three or even four times as fast. But we thought by starting with 2x, we would find out how we need to change our people, process, and technology. We committed to reporting that journey here through a five-part series. And what I have for you today is the second part. The second part is interviews from staff who've just gone through an intensive two-month period of training. We've actually used Agile to get a project out the door in two months rather than what had traditionally taken us six months. So we're beginning to find what 2x is. But the lessons learned were many. And I thought that you would enjoy hearing from the folks who were actually part of the project. So what you're going to hear here in a moment is just excerpts of interviews with the management team, the executive management team team, the staff who actually ran the project. This could be developers, business owners, people from our lending teams, otherwise a cross-functional team uh, that was put together. A total of nine folks that were on this first Agile team. Remember too that we were also accompanied by business partners. So Kony is a digital master and brings to us all kinds of super technology at the credit union and they joined us on this journey. Also, the Boston Consulting Group was on the project to help coach us in Agile methodology, not just for the team, but for the entire enterprise. How do we build an enterprise that can support the ambition of wanting to move our digital transformation twice as fast? So I think the best way to uh, digest this information is in a minute, you'll begin to hear uh, some of our folks talking. Imagine if you were walking through the halls of Partner Federal Credit Union and you asked folks, hey, tell me about this digital transformation, about this Agile project, and you would begin to hear different people's viewing points on what the project is all about. So without further delay, let's go ahead and move into the interview. And then on the backside, I'll share with you some of my reflections as the CEO on what we've experienced over the last couple months. We've recently embarked on on an opportunity to 
enhance our business value and really continue to propel our, our mission and our strategy of creating a digital credit union and offering products and services across all of our channels. We've done that in partnership with Coney and with the Boston Consulting Group and really standing up an agile team that can help us deliver digital services in a new way, but really how do you actually put a whole organizational design model in place, right? A change management, think about organizational structure, think about the metrics that are in place. And so for the last eight weeks, we've been working on standing up that digital services team and then producing an output for our members, a new feature, uh, a FICO model that's going to be released here in the next few weeks. I've learned as a leader, one of the number one reasons why people don't do something is they don't know. And when you're talking about digital mastery, there's a lot that you might not know. So partnering with somebody who does know, who's working across many different industries, maybe have already done something with a customer experience that we've not yet done in retail banking is real important. Working with the Coney team has been truly amazing. They bring just a wealth of knowledge and talent to the table that has helped us to elevate and really just surpass multiple weeks or months in previous state of where we need to be within a knowledge stance and also to stand up those technologies to continue forward on those next steps and what the next streams are. One of the hallmarks of great partnerships is a foundation of trust and the sharing of mutual objectives. And the partnership between Coney and Partners Federal Credit Union is really focused on the mutual objective of creating a great member experience. And that's what makes this so successful, is that we both have the same objective in mind. I'm really proud of our team and what they've accomplished in a short period of time, more than what I thought was possible. In two months, they've really transformed how we think about getting the mission done and differentiating between waterfall and agile and department projects. This all came from them. And this comes from our core values. One of them is to embrace and drive change. And I can't tell you how important that is to us going forward. And so one of the things that's very unique about the partner's journey is that they're using technology and they're using these processes to accelerate how fast they can deliver new features that their members are demanding and really putting their member back at the core of what's important to their business. Agile is improving our ability to accelerate the transformation of the credit union. In principle, one of the big drivers behind that is, is that we're giving the autonomy and the power to a group of people, a cross-functional team of experts, to make decisions and advance the work. Now, what they're given is guidepost, saying these are the strategic outcomes that we're striving for. But I'm really learning that letting people have that autonomy with high accountability really works. And we're seeing you know, good results with that. In this Agile transformation, I'm currently the Scrum Master for the team, acting as a servant leader, really helping them to uh, move forward and adopt and adapt Agile at Partners. One of the really exciting things about working on this project, and I've never worked on an Agile project before, was the ability to actually work with other people within the organization, and not just people within IT, but within other business units. So we've kind of broken down those barriers. We're sitting next to each other. We're talking to each other. Things are happening in a more productive, very fast-paced way. I think that's sort of been very beneficial. As a payments and product manager within Partners, I have the opportunity to work across multiple different business units, very cross-functionally. So as an individual contributor, it's really partnering with those other groups. It could be the operations team. It may be the lending team, the marketing team, just to name a few. But what it allows me to do is to really immerse myself within each individual unit and to help bring it back holistically from an organizational view. And that really transcends into what that roadmap looks like and how we can bring it into the agile space. In an agile methodology, 
you're looking at shorter time frames. So in Waterfall, you have this idea of perfect, and it, it stretches out a really long uh, time frame and a lot of effort because you're going to be devoted to this for a very long time. You want it to come out exactly like you want. So you want you know two years under, and then when you resurface, you'll have this great product that is everything your company ever wanted. Well, in Agile, when you're looking at iterative deployments where you're going to put out something that's, uh, you know, not the perfect, but complete, you can say, okay, here's the first draft of this. And then iterations can continue in that direction. Or the really powerful part of Agile is once you reach that first goal, you can decide based on all the goals left on the table, do you want to take an iteration in a different direction or do you want to keep going toward perfect? From the first couple of sprints, because we've done three, uh, the first two are really, there's a whole lot of setup there. And one of the big takeaways from the first two was this automated testing, right? We can go run a test, and something that used to take a couple of days just takes a couple of hours now. And we can run it on real devices. Uh, the third sprint is really where the rubber started to hit the road. And we actually had a, at our, at our showcase at the third sprint, we actually showed, uh, here's what the FICO score is going to look like on a phone. And I think it really clicked with a lot of people that, hey, they've done a lot, and there's a lot there, and we're going to be able to roll this out in a much faster way. At the end of the first sprint, we did a showcase. Uh, showcase is really great because it gives people like me an opportunity to see what the team has been working on. And it was really uh, an aha moment, I think, for a lot of us, right? We could see that the team, the way they were working together, the way that they were coming up with things like ideas, a couple things that really resonated with me. There were some advancements that was done through the testing, the automated testing, uh, big output from that was we were actually able to do automated testing overnight, whereas before a QA person would have to actually work a good portion of the night. So then the next day the developers could come in and really have a productive day. Didn't even put that anywhere. It wasn't a goal we had stated anywhere, but just part of that whole agile experience, the team working together, that's just something that they came up with. It was, a we can do this better, so let's do it. One of the big surprises to me, there were a few, right? One of the first ones was, pleasant ones, was how well our teams really uh, came together cohesively, right? So we had Kony sitting with us to help us from a development and a QA perspective, uh, using their experience and talents, using these new tools, and then watching the partners team and the Kony team come together, stand up tech enablers, put in new tools, and then start to really get going on, on the methodology as they're learning, as they're going. And so when we came out of that first two sprints, really three sprints, we're six weeks in and we have stood up tech enablers. We have new tools and methodologies in place. We've got uh, two production bug fixes that have been put in place now for our members. Uh, and we're almost there with our, with our FICO build, which was there the first, uh, as a first goal. So from, from my seat, right, the team has, has surpassed those expectations. They've done so much in the short time that we've got under our belt so far. Um, it's, been, it's been really phenomenal to watch and fun to watch, right? You can sense the energy and the excitement from the team, knowing that, hey, we've got, a, we've got processes and tools and, and technology that's really helping us now. I think one of the things that we learned that was very interesting on this journey is the concept of establishing technical debt. The idea that there's some preparation that organizations must do in terms of technology and standing up processes and structures to support the people who are enabling and delivering these digital solutions is fairly unique and uh, important to the process. And that's one of the things that we learned along the way. Well, the lessons learned are get started. That still holds true. Because when you fail forward in trying new things, as you inevitably will, they're all clues to what you need to do next, right? 
So the mantra is we've been saying to ourselves, you know, go ahead and fail forward. Just never give up. Right. This is a really important kind of approach to the agile methodology. And so I think we've embraced that and we've learned that. One of the challenges was to do this correctly and to put the amount of effort and time into it, we needed to have all of our schedules cleared. So a number of us were, in a previous model, working on multiple projects. This wiped that out. So they cleared my desk, but that meant that other people had to pick up that slack. So that was a challenge for our team and another team to just kind of cut and quit what you were doing to focus 100% on Agile, which is a great boon. Uh, but it had an effect. From the lessons learned, I think uh, even beyond these first few sprints that we've had, just understanding that the way that we have this digital service team created can really be leveraged more broadly across the organization. So at this point, we're actually looking to stand up more teams because it makes sense for us to do so. We're looking at the digital transformation, but we realize a lot of the back-end processes and systems and even on our infrastructure side, we need to get faster and more efficient there too to be able to deliver what we're trying to do for that customer interaction, for that platform experience. We really have to expand this to other areas. So I would say the biggest lesson learned is that we can take this model that we've created here for digital services and expand it across the organization for other business areas where it's really gonna be a, a, a very useful tool in those places as well. We knew in starting this journey that we needed to be able to be more responsive than every six months. Some things that made it successful, again, beyond the culture, it's the people we have in the room. So there's a real can-do attitude. There's this feeling of, all right, I'm, I'm on the forefront of this. I'm going to help do something really cool that we've not done before. And really, I think it also stems, quite honestly, from our executive leadership. I've seen a lot of these models not work. And part of the reasons I think they are is because we've got a CEO who really supports this, this method. It's been very unique in the sense where we think of it as a partnership or a relationship with the vendor, but it goes so much more than that. We're all just part of the one team looking towards that ultimate goal, which is to answer to the member and to be able to provide to the member that product or service for enhancement. In the next phase, what's going to be real important is to make sure you give time for the team to do the work. We have a great playbook about how to go from one Agile team to four Agile teams, but give the team the time, the space, the resources to do that work. You know, you could almost get over your skis and want to push and go even faster, right? And that's a good inclination to have, but it needs to be balanced with the right amount of tension to say, do the work from the playbook that's next. So we've got an aggressive agenda between now and, and uh, July. We've actually begun to put empowerment in hands of the team who's actually making it happen. So that's been a really cool phenomenon to watch over these last eight weeks. And so those are some of the reasons why I think this has really been, uh, for me, more successful than I even, I even imagined. Boy, what's next, right? We finished this two-month period, and now they're wanting to know how far, how fast do we really want to go? And the question is back to them, right? How far and how fast do you think we can go? And they've really put together an aggressive plan. So this is quite an endeavor. This means that we're going to be hiring more people. This means we're going to be looking to other third parties to help augment what we can't do ourselves or don't have the bandwidth to do. And so I really like that they've taken up about how far, how fast this digital transformation can go. They're owning it. This is key. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed listening to the team talk about our digital transformation and some of the insights that were there. And now I'd like to share with you some of the thoughts that I had as I went through the last two or three months and uh, just share from my seat some of the lessons learned. You know, I've been asked by a lot of folks, John, why are you doing a documentary or doing these interviews? 
And I think there's probably three big reasons, and there's some other benefits that have accrued as well. But the first one is when you read the research about transformational projects, agile projects, um, about two-thirds of them fail. And the reason they fail is severalfold. So the first one is communication, that it takes more than just the cross-functional team to really be successful in this. This is really changing the culture of the entire organization about how we bring things to market, how we stay close to the customer, our members. So communication through this series is one of the things we were concerned about to make sure we're not falling victim to being one of those uh, folks in the two-thirds. This is just one of our strategies on communication. We have over 400 employees and a lot of other uh, stakeholders who are interested in what we're doing. And we need to be communicating to everyone you know, why we're doing it, what we're doing, when we're doing it, how this is going to happen to keep everybody kind of in lockstep with one another on what is going to be a multi-year journey. That's the first one. The second one is, is accountability, that this team, we are taking a time out, we are backing up, we are doing considerable funding here, and that they're accountable to the rest of the team to show what they're bringing to market, how that is going to be better. Probably the third pillar here is learning. We are learning a new way of working, and it's not just the cross-functional team. It's the whole organization is going through learning. For example, what is Agile? What is a Scrum? What is a stand-up meeting? You know, these different things, sprints that we talk about. So all of us need to learn about this. I'm really fond of a saying of my mentor, Peter Drucker. He said, if you want to learn something, learn it as though you needed to teach it to others. And so this core group is going to be teaching through this reporting and other meetings about what we're doing as an organization and what we're learning about Agile. You heard at the end of the series or at the end of the interviews that we're going to be going to four teams. So these folks who have been reporting out on what they're doing and learning Agile methodology will be used as seed partners in these four other teams that we're going to be standing up by July. So we thought that this was uh, just a key notion for us to to talk about and work on, and the documentary is part of it. I think the second thing that I would share with the audience is that what an important acknowledgement it was for us as a management team, as all 400 employees, our board of directors, to be thoughtful and looking at our progress on uh, bringing digital services to the membership and basically saying, hey, you know what, we're good, but we're not good enough. And we found that viewing point by just watching the services that we were putting out compared to the competition. And for us, it's some of the large banks right now we feel over the immediate future, but in particular over the next year or two, is Chase, Wells, and uh, Bank of America. If our members are not using the credit union as a primary financial institution, it's those three that they cite as being uh, who they've selected as their primary financial institution. So the first one is comparing yourself to the competition. And we needed to admit, hey, we were good, but uh, not good enough. The other thing was measuring ourselves compared to what other peers were saying about what they were doing. If you remember, the co-op did a really nice survey on this topic. And uh, we were in good company with everybody else saying basically that good, not good enough, that banks are the competition. We need to have our eye on fintechs that are coming probably immediately over the next you know, two, three years. And we really need to begin to understand what our members are asking for and what this competition is bringing to the marketplace. The third notion in thinking about good but not good enough is that all of us have customer experiences that go beyond financial services. And it has become the order of the day that 
Um, boy, we're using things like personalization, IA, these things to really move up experiences like with the Ubers and the Amazons. And that if some of those haven't reached financial services, they'll be here soon. And I know we're all watching them emerge really quickly. And so just those kind of those things together were telling us, you know, we really needed to, to move on this. The other takeaway I would say is by committing to this journey, it put pressure on our organization to think about how we got things done, how we put together people, process, and technology to bring together the digital transformation. And by setting the goal of 2x and then looking beyond that to 3 and 4x, it pressured our people, process, and technology in ways that uh, without a goal might not have been as highlighted, might not have been as prioritized. For example, on the technology front, it really came to light that we did not have automated testing, that that is something that we knew that we could benefit from, but we had not done yet. So we're talking about technical debt here. And this project brought a focus to saying, you are not going to arrive at the goal state if we don't have the proper suite of tools for our technology team. Similarly, when we looked at people, you know, we had to say, we have not put together training on Agile, even though we think there's merit to that. We need to stop, take the time, and invest in doing Agile because there's a lot of different ways of thinking about that. So what is going to be partner's brand of that? And then how is that going to dovetail and work with the existing project management office? which brought us to processes that it really exposed how slow and cumbersome our project management office processes were with respect to technology projects. Um, the slowest was not in staff. It was the process and having to move through different phase gates, approval, approval thresholds, different meetings and venues to advance the project rather than giving them the autonomy and the ability to advance projects. So that was key. Bringing the project with a goal brought pressure on people processing technology and really highlighted what we needed to do next. This project also brought into light how important partnerships are. And I'll tell you what, it's created the notion in my mind that we need a whole new scorecard when evaluating our technology partners or partners of any kind and strategic partners. Hey, it's one thing to be there on price, quite another thing to be there on service level. But it's not going to mean a whole heck of a lot if we're not delivering really compelling products and services through these partnerships to our members. So it really brings into view questions that our executive team has of our technology partners and business partners. Are you agile? Are your people, process, and technologies going to be able to keep up with our aims and goals? Never mind that you have a nice roadmap of benefits and features that are coming. But if they're not deployed in a timely manner, then uh, it's not really going to be very helpful or as helpful in the partnership. So as CEO, that's something that we're putting together as a scorecard to evaluate the agility of our strategic partners. As we dug deeper into the project, we knew that if we were going to give more autonomy to our Agile teams to make the call to prioritize the backlog of work and advance the program, that they needed to know what good looks like. They needed to know what outcomes that they were shooting for and prioritizing against. And that really folded back the importance of the management team being able to articulate in our digital offerings, what is it that are the outcomes that are primary, that are our goals. And so that took some, some work and reflection on us to be able to name them crisply and to come up with a focus list of those and some rationale about why those are so important to the business so that our cross-functional teams could own that, have that, and use it as a tool going forward. So that was another key learning for me as CEO. 
other advice or learnings that uh, the project has brought to mind unique to my role is the importance of make a plan, work a plan. In the audio, you heard us reference something called a playbook, and it is a very detailed idea of where we're going and what we're trying to do as an organization. And I really need to respect that work and the phases of which it's going to happen as CEO and be there to support it and let the team know I have your back. You have the space and the time, my commitment and the resources to go ahead and stand up for Agile teams in a very short amount of time. If you think about just moving through April through July, this is going to be a pretty quick uh, transformation of resources inside the organization and training in order to get us moving. So as much as I would like to move faster, there's some discipline on my part to say, work the playbook. We have a plan, work the plan and uh, be disciplined about that. Probably the overarching idea that I'd want to share with everyone and gosh, ask you for feedback to see if you see the world this way too. But my mindset is whether we're talking about the digital transformation of the credit union or we're talking about agile, that what we're really talking about is profound changes in the way that mission-driven organizations will get work done going forward. We know the world in front of us is changing dramatically. The revs and the cycles of which things are happening are much shorter. And that our folks can feel upended by all this change unless we prepare the organization to do this kind of work. So what is this kind of work? The work, I believe, is driving decision-making deeper into the organization all the way down to our front lines or at the staff level and give them the training, the power and the autonomy, the accountability and the transparency into what the organization is trying to do and bring them into that call of action to be a part of it. Um, What this has me doing as a leader is uh, in parallel to all this work that's happening is to be thinking about how are my meetings hindering or helping the organization with this overarching aim. Am I holding on to approvals? Am I asking for too many reviews? Are we building in processes that add needless friction into our daily routines? Are we really readying our teams and our staff for more autonomy? For example, are we training them on the pace of change and providing them with the skills that they're going to need in the future? For example, at Partners about two years ago, we knew that this was going to be the new landscape And we put into motion leadership training at all levels. Uh, This means that over 400 employees are going through continuous training on leadership and leadership beginning that inside out process with yourself, understanding yourself, understanding how you face the world and move change, understanding that others have other preferred ways of going through change. And then through that, having a better appreciation how we'll all make it together. But first through that inside out journey which is really about leadership of self before you can lead others. So I think these are important things from my seat that I'm thinking about is what are the things that I can do to mobilize the organization to be more nimble, more agile, more appropriate to the way things are, way they're really going to be in the future. And so this is the mindset that I'm trying to foster, doing a lot of reading about. There's super books out there, Time, Talent, Energy, is a super book by Bain and Company on this very topic. And I like where it ends talking about energy. They talk about organizations can be much like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the first order of things. It's a job. The second one that many strive for is a highly engaged organization. 
And then the last one, an inspired organization who believes that the mission that they're on is critical to the people they provide it for and that there's deep meaning in the work that they're doing, both for themselves, but for the larger organization and then their customers or members. You know, and this is something that we've always understood and known in the credit union movement, but uh, it's being challenged about how we will do that, our inspired missions, as we move into a time and place where there's more disruption, more competition, faster revolutions and cycles that we need to move through. And so that's the overarching thought and energy behind the digital transformation at our credit union, the investments in the work that we're doing. And I hope you've enjoyed just having a a sideline seat and watching uh, what we're doing and hearing what we're doing. So again, in the show notes, there will be a link to the video of the content that you heard if you'd rather see some of the folks who are actually making the comments. And we look forward to uh, bringing you Um, the other parts of our chapter, again, five-part series. So look forward to chapter three, probably coming out in July as we stand up our our four teams. We can tell you lessons learned about that and then beyond that, because as we've explained, we really believe this is a multi-year journey. Hey, give me some feedback. Let me know if this is working for you, if you find this valuable, and uh, we'll continue to report on it. Next month, we'll we'll revert back to our normal format until we have part three of the series ready for you. And uh, there'll be interviews with interesting people in all walks of life who are in leadership and in the corner office. So uh, bye for now. And uh, we'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Big Cast C-Suite with John Janclays. To learn more or connect with John and the CEO Corner, please visit theceocorner.com. And we always welcome you to join in on our conversation. You can connect with the BigCast Network directly by tweeting us at BigFintech, emailing us at info at big-fintech.com, or visiting our website at bigfintechmedia.com.